0: Gratefully watches our way. Mind.
1: Jesus died on the cross for us. But then what? Are you sure you're ready for the answer? That's the part about the earthquake and the angel.
3: And the grave clothes with nobody in them? Nobody. Get it? There was nobody.
1: Nobody? But how did Jesus get out of the tomb? Well, the answer's in Matthew 28.
4: Will you read it for us?
1: And the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye. For I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. I wish I could have seen that with my very own eyes. After all that,
3: you'll think that everybody would understand who Jesus is.
4: who ever lived, wasn't he? Well, yes, Jesus is the only person who never ever sinned. That's because Jesus is more than just a man. Jesus is the son of God who came to be the savior of the world.
1: Yes, but a lot of people don't know that.
3: I think we better start telling people. Wow, that reminds me of the trickle down theory. God left us and sent his son, we accept him, and tell our
1: neighbors, who tell their neighbors, who tell their neighbors. Who tell their neighbors, who tell their neighbors. Singing about Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound.
5: Keeping law and order among a million men, women, and children was no easy task. True, every Israelite was expected to keep God's Ten Commandments, but Moses soon found that a host of lesser rules and regulations affecting matters of day-to-day living were needed. At first, Moses himself tried to administer justice based on these man-made rules, but he found the job too heavy for one man. On the advice of Jethro, his father in law, he appointed a number of able men as rulers of thousands, of hundreds, fifties, and tens to be judges of smaller matters, reserving only the very important cases for himself.
6: <laughs> Mebet, Me
7: Sharon, go and play with the other children. I've been appointed a judge by Moses, and I have important business to attend to.
3: Are you going to judge a case, Father?
7: Yes. Yes, now run along.
3: Let me stay and listen, Father. Please.
7: All right, but you'll have to be absolutely quiet.
1: I promise, Father.
7: the son of judah ruler of 100 by virtue of the power granted to me by moses our leader now declare this court in session will the plaintiff please state his name my name is silas the son of reuben and what is your complaint i charge jail the son of dan with assault Uh, will the defendant come forward your name i'm Jael, son of dan how do you plead, jail? Not guilty, Your Honor. Why,
5: you liar? You broke Address my ass. Address me, Silas,
7: not the defendant. Now proceed with your charge. Well, it was like this, Your Honor. It happened yesterday, just before noon. I was working for my neighbor. You, you probably know him, Elam. He's the fellow with the big scar on his face. That's where an Egyptian overseer gave him a cut with a whip. Well, where was I? Oh, yeah. I was repairing a broken wheel on Elam's wagon when all of a sudden, Jail comes by. I say, good morning, Jail, or, well, maybe it's afternoon. It being so near noontime, I... Never mind all that. Just tell us what happened. Well, as I was saying, Jail comes up to me and takes a swing at me. Hits me here. Here, on, on the jaw. You can see the mark. Well, I'm not the one to take a thing like that lying down, so I let fly with my right. But I miss him. Next thing I know, he's grabbed my arm and pushed me over. I feel this, this big pain in my arm. The arm's broken, just snapped like a dry twig. Now, you wouldn't oh, think side. that. Just, think just, a moment. just a moment. Now, is this true, Jail? Did you hit him and push him over? Yeah, I guess so. There you are. He admits he did it. Yet you pleaded not guilty, Jail. Well, I had good reason to hit him. Whatever your reason, you still had no right to break his arm. Oh, I didn't mean to break his arm. That was an accident. All the same. It happened because you attacked him. I had every right to hit him after what he said about my wife. Called her lazy. A face like a camel. Well, I never said any such thing. Oh, yes, you did. Hiram told me you did. Just a moment, you two. Oh, Silas. Did you insult Jail's wife? As God is my judge, I did not. You're lying. Hiram repeated to me your very words. Well, well, there's only one way to settle this. We'll ask Hiram. I wonder where he is.
4: I'll get him, Father. I know where he is. Oh,
7: all right, Nibet, Run and bring him here. <music> is your name Hiram? Yes, uh, I am Hiram. Did you tell Jail here that Silas insulted his wife?
5: Well, Your Honor, uh, I...
7: Did you or didn't you? Jail says you did.
5: Well, yes.
7: Why did you do it? I was just a troublemaker, a common drunkard. Had you been drinking?
5: Well, what of it?
7: And you made all this up about Silas insulting Jail's wife out of
5: pure mischief simply to make trouble? Well, if it hadn't been for Silas, I would have got that job repairing Elam's wagon. It isn't the first time he's got a job of work instead of me. Ah, now I get
7: it. You bear Silas a grudge... So you hope to get him into trouble by spreading lies about him. That's it, isn't it? Well... well, Uh, That's the truth, isn't it? Well, I I guess it is. Very sorry I hit you, Silas. If I'd only known it was all a pack of lies... All the same, you did break his arm, Jail. And now he isn't able to work. The law quite clearly states here... I'll read it aloud. And if men strive together... And one smite another with a stone... Or with his fist... And he die not, but keepeth his bed... If he rise again and walk abroad upon his staff then shall he that smote him be quit only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed But your honor I only hit Silas because I believed Hiram's lies I'm coming to that Hiram is to blame as much as you Therefore you jail shall pay for the loss of Silas time and you Hiram shall pay his physician until his arm is completely healed
5: In this way, the rulers in the camp settled the everyday disputes and disagreements of the people. But if some really difficult or very important matter came to their attention, they consulted Moses, and he settled the issue.
1: We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
3: Sam. I'm Sam talking today with Abram, the smartest boy in our school. He gets an A in everything. That's not exactly accurate. I got a B plus once. Really? In what? I don't want to talk about it. The pain is still too fresh. Okay, let's talk about health. I noticed that you do a lot of walking and jogging and bicycle riding. May I ask why? When you have a brain like mine, you've got to keep it in perfect working order. That requires a combination of good food, sound sleep, mental stimulation, and daily exercise. So to be smart, you have to be healthy? Precisely. So what do you do to take care of your brain? I'm glad you asked that question, Sam. First, I care for my body with nutritious meals centered on a whole food, plant-based diet. I refrain from imbibing sugary snacks and highly refined packaged edibles. Next, I stimulate my brain by reading the great words of skilled authors and listening to classical and cultural music selections from around the world. And finally, I succumb to a daily regimen of physical activity that requires a certain degree of exertion. I also floss. Well, it sounds like you're very serious about your health. Absolutely. To do otherwise would be, if I may, use a grossly overused adjective. Totally dumb. Thank you, Abram, the smartest boy in school. I'm Sam with Live With Sam. Goodbye.
5: God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on Earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
4: Boys and girls, this is Miss Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is CHAPTER eight Finding the Sombrero I can't back out now, Chris thought as he reached over and took the rope from Willie. He tossed a loop of rope as high as he could, hoping to lasso the top of the rock. Got it, he said after the third try. Ryan and Sammy cupped their hands together and helped Chris get started up the side of the rock. The solid stone felt warm against the soles of his sneakers as he started up. "'Hey, you kids, get off of that!' A big, scary-looking construction worker was headed their direction. Chris hung there as the other shoebox kids scattered. "'Are you trying to get hurt?' the big man yelled at Chris. "'Stay off those boulders. I'd hate to have to call an ambulance.' With the man glaring at him, Chris suddenly felt as small as a bug. He dropped back down to the ground. What were you trying to do up there? The man asked, his voice kinder now. Chris didn't know what to tell him except the truth. A sombrero, Chris said quietly. I was looking for a sombrero. A what? Hey, Jake, another man yelled from a truck nearby. Sombrero, you know, like those Mexican hats. Da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da, da-da, da-da. The man jumped down from the truck. He pointed his finger at the top of his head and spun around as if dancing. Smooth, Smitty, Jake said. You're a regular Fred Astaire. I know what a sombrero is. He turned and looked back at Chris and then at Maria, who had come back to the two crows. What I don't know is why you kids are looking for a sombrero up there. It's part of our treasure hunt, Maria added. Oh, a treasure hunt, is it? Jake said. Well, that's different. Yeah, the sombrero isn't on top of the rocks, Chris explained. It's a place, some sort of landmark that shows us where to go. Jake rubbed his scratchy chin. So you wanted to get up high enough so maybe you could see this sombrero? Chris and Maria nodded. Hmm, Jake said. Well, I can't let you climb on these rocks, but I can do something just as good. Come with me. Hey, Smitty, let the bucket down, Jake shouted to his fellow worker. Smitty pushed a lever forward in the truck cab. A long arm attached to the back of the truck lowered a platform with sides to the street. This is called a cherry picker. We use it when we have to work up high, he explained. Come on, Jake gestured for Chris to join him in the bucket. Chris stepped in with Jake, who showed him the controls. Pull this lever back to go up. Jake said. Chris pulled on it, and the bucket climbed slowly in the air. Chris watched as the houses around him lowered out of sight, and he could see far beyond them. As Maria watched Chris and Jake rise into the sky, the other shoebox kids reappeared. A few minutes later, Chris and Jake returned to Earth laughing and joking. Excuse me, sir, Maria asked. Can you tell me if these boulders were moved in here? Do you have equipment big enough to move rocks this size? Jake looked at her, amused. Those... Oh, sure, we have cranes that can lift rocks three times that size, but those particular boulders, no, they've been there as long as I can remember. And that's at least 40 years. The man suddenly grew serious. Now, stay off those rocks. Well, what did you see? Sammy asked as the kids came back together. Chris wrestled with the rope, trying to get it to release itself from the top of the rock. It did, and he turned back to the group, recoiling the rope. A brave group of treasure hunters you are, Chris said, running at the first sight of trouble. Come on, Chris, Willie said. What did you see? Chris said nothing but laid the rope on the ground and knelt down. He began drawing in the dirt. He drew a straight line, then another line crossing it. Here's the boulevard we're on. Chris said nothing but laid the rope on the ground and knelt down. He began drawing in the dirt. He drew a straight line, then another line crossing it. Here's the boulevard we're on, he said, pointing to the first line. Here's Straight Street right here. He pointed to the second, then drew a circle at the top. Here's another road up here. The road is round because it goes around. Widow's Peak, Willie said. That's our sombrero. That's what it looked like from up there, Chris said. He stood up. We're going that-a-way, he shouted, pointing down the street. Even Willie was moving fast as they rode east down Straight Street. After about a dozen blocks, they got off and pushed their bikes as they came to a long hill. Finally, they came to the top, and they coasted slowly down the other side. Chris enjoyed the cool air blowing past his face. He just knew they were closer than ever to the treasure. Suddenly, he slammed on his brakes. Whoa! Just in front of him, the street ended at a crossroad. End of the road, amigo, Willie said, huffing and puffing like the others. What now? The black-topped road stopped with a white fence and sign that said, City of Mill Valley, no trespassing. Beyond, the hillside dropped steeply down into a ravine. Chris looked past the sign, then left and right. What does our map say, Maria, he asked. How should I know, she asked. This is your treasure hunt. My treasure hunt, he said. You had the map before. You've had it since I did, Maria said. And who made me the person in charge of carrying the map? But I thought, Chris said... You thought wrong, Maria said. Relax, guys, Willie said. I made a copy of it, just like Mrs. Shue suggested. He reached into his backpack and pulled out a piece of lined paper torn from a notebook. Chris turned to Maria. I'm sorry, sis, he said. It's just that we're so close. I know, Maria said, but is this treasure so important that you have to hurt people to get it? I, he began, then stopped. He took the map that Willie handed him and opened it up. He studied it silently for a minute while everyone else watched him intently. It says here, he finally said, that we're supposed to follow the canyon up to a waterfall. The treasure is found buried beneath a crow. Another crow? Sammy whined. You've heard of X marks the spot, Willie asked. This time, maybe it's crow watching over our treasure. Chris leaned over the fence and looked at the ravine. Where does this go? Does anyone know? It goes up to Black Canyon Dam, Willie said. That's why they have the No Trespassing sign up there. They don't want people falling off the dam. They listened for a moment. Sure enough, Chris could hear the sound of rushing water far below. Does this mean we have to go down to the bottom of the ravine, Dee Dee asked? I don't think so, Willie said. Beyond the dam is Black Canyon Reservoir. We can just follow this road to the right here, and it will take us over to the park entrance. It's about half a mile. But it's almost five o'clock, Maria said. Mom will be coming to pick us up at Sammy's house in a few minutes. We can't turn back now, Chris said. Yeah, let's go on, Ryan said. We're almost there. Chris, it's waited a hundred years, Maria said. What's another day or two? But, hey, I've got an idea, Willie said. Black Canyon Park is a great place for picnics. Why don't we ask our parents to have a shoebox kids picnic here this weekend? Hey, yeah, Sammy said. Maria looked at Chris and then at Ryan chris shrugged sure why not chris said yeah but no telling the adults about the treasure ryan said mr and mrs shoe already know maria said and so does mom yeah but nobody else ryan said the others shrugged i don't think you have to worry about them stealing our treasure willie said i just don't want anyone getting to it before me i mean us ryan said right chris chris looked at ryan but said nothing The story you have heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 1, The Mysterious Treasure Map. It was written by Jerry D. Thomas and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.